The Necessity of Works with Faith on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. Today, I am joined by Joel Wood. He is the senior pastor of New Life Presbyterian Church of La Mesa, California. He holds a BA from Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, the MDiv, and the DMN degrees from Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he's an ACBC fellow. He's married to Emily. He's been married to her for 20 years. They have a daughter and son-in-law in Maryland, a son attending a university in Manhattan, Kansas. And that's really close to us here in Kansas City. And three kids at home still. Joel operates VeritySoul.care. He's an adjunct professor at City Seminary in Sacramento, California, Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia. And he also teaches with OIC which trains pastors, lay people, and seminarians in biblical counseling around the world. He's also one-fourth of the Jerusalem Chamber podcast for anyone interested in dabbling in the theology of the Westminster Confession. And Joel, I think this is your first time here on the Truth and Love podcast, and man, I couldn't be more thrilled to have you on here. It is my first time. It's great to be here. Good deal. Good to see you. Well, listen, we're going to talk a little bit about your presenting this year at our pre-conference in Memphis, Tennessee on wisdom and understanding biblical counseling from the book of James. You were given James chapter 2 to look at, at least a portion of that. So I want us to talk through some of that, the necessity of works in conjunction with faith. And so I want to jump right into it, if we can, and just look at the the passage itself. What does James 2 reveal about the importance of definitions as we discuss some of the biblical ideas or, or biblical and theological ideas of justification and works. And sometimes we get really confused about those terms. So so let's let's lay the groundwork first. Yeah. So obviously James has been a point of tripping for many mm-hmm. over many centuries. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because of its use of terminologies and how James is laying out his argument for the necessity of works. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then we very quickly have to be careful. What is that necessity of works? And what is being justified and how is it being justified? And this is a great text for pastors who want to motivate their people to give to the building fund or mm-hmm. to volunteer for nursery duty or whatever else might, you know, they might be wanting from their people. Mm-hmm. But we have to use care in understanding what James is saying mm-hmm. in what works does to justify our faith. Mm-hmm. And all of it has to be taken in context with the rest of the New Testament. The entire redemptive complex is Christ brings that to us by his Holy Spirit and see this as a a natural outcome of the redemption purchased for us by Christ. Not just justification was purchased for us on the cross, not just adoption was purchased for us on the cross, our sanctification was as well. And so if we are justified, it's not enough to simply say, well, I'm justified. 
I am received as holy. Mm -hmm. The righteousness of Christ has been imputed to my account. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I am as holy as I can ever be in the sight of God. So therefore, it doesn't matter what I do. Mm -hmm. And that is the mentality that's been adopted by some over many years. That's the mentality that James is speaking against here, Mm -hmm. that if you really have been converted, if your heart really has been regenerated, if the effectual call of God has been heard in your heart, you've been given a new heart, Ezekiel 36, heart of stone taken out, heart of flesh put in, Mm -hmm. then you really will begin to beat with the heartbeat of God Mm -hmm. and you will desire holiness and you will actually be able to desire and do holy things, not in order to be saved, but because we have been saved, we will be able to do these things. Yeah, that's right. So that you mentioned one of the primary errors that we see here is the idea of we have a license to go and sin if we've been made new. The other error on the other side is is we think we have to work in order to obtain salvation. It was so much so that you, you mentioned people have debated over this for centuries. Martin Luther wanted James out of the canon, and, and this was the primary text that he thought was against Paul's teaching on justification. But just as you described, this flows very well with the New Testament understanding of justification. And I think it's important for us. Let, let me bring this down. I want to I continue to press you a little bit here on how we understand the passage in full, but I want us to see how this is important in counseling. People may say, well, why are we talking about these theological concepts, justification, sanctification, that sort of thing? I see so many people confused in the counseling room around these particular ideas of justification, sanctification, and so much anxiety and fear and pressure and false expectations, not understanding the depth of the work of Christ for our justification. All those things wrap into emotional despair to some degree by so many people and the moralism that we constantly fight. So these are major issues to to have clarity on as a counselor because we see the byproduct of this in the ways in which people have faulty expectations about life, they don't live properly in justification, and so on. So as we as we work through, you've given us an idea of some of these definitions, the biblical theological ideas here. So let's give the basic understanding. What's the primary topic or the primary idea that, that we're seeing here in this particular passage in James 2? The primary idea, I believe, is that not we are justified, but that our faith is justified. It's defended Mm -hmm. by the fact that we are able to and desire to do good works. Mm -hmm. And I think this is so important for the church and the place I intend to drill down Mm -hmm. for my pre-conference message Mm -hmm. is this point that he makes about the demons Mm -hmm. that is actually he gets he waxes poetic there mm. in that phrase things you don't see in the english but it's actually a rhyming statement about the demons believing mm-hmm. and trembling mm-hmm. and i think what we're reaping in the church broadly mm-hmm. is a real passion for right doctrine and then combining that in bad ways with the selling of books and the multiplication of opportunities, you know. And so if someone's seemingly productive and seemingly successful in ministry or whatever, ignoring the works side of their life and their ministry. 
And we see it's almost weekly, it seems, another context where there are horrific abuses coming out of some type of ministry or church culture or educational culture or something like this. And there's balance on another side where this side of heaven, we will never know everything. We are starting to think we can figure everything out and know all history in all times and places. That's impossible. But we are seeing this divorcing of faith and works in the public ministry of the church. And that's what's led to some of what we're reaping right now. So if demons can have really a right belief, Mm -hmm. they understand who God is. They understand what their destiny is Mm -hmm. because of their chosen path. Mm -hmm. They understand all these things and they even respond some in fear. And yet that does not mean that they are now pursuing right and good ends Mm -hmm. in their in their life and their works. So I think it's a real clarion call to us in the church to be aligning Mm -hmm. our works with what we say we believe and stop worrying about sales and stop worrying about Twitter followers and stop worrying about all these things and seek after the holiness that we are able to live in because of what Christ has done. And that's, that's what dips us back down into the counseling office as well, right? Mm -hmm. Is to have the guts to look at sinners and say, look, if you have trusted Christ, if you believe Christ, if you've received him as he has presented to you in the gospel, you can actually change. And that's that's not a popular message mm-hmm. nowadays. You hear that very constantly that that people cannot change. But this is also, and this is one of the luxuries of biblical counseling, we can take the time to see if people really have changed. Mm-hmm. We don't have a limited amount of times that we can enter a code into the insurance form Mm -hmm. and we can walk with them week by week, month by month, year by year and see, has this change in their heart really happened? Is this resulting fruit? What seems like fruit? Is it really fruit or is it just faking it until they can make it back into the position that they want to be in? Mm -hmm. And the Lord tells us in the Gospels that 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 will be revealed, certainly over time. He uses several parables to do that. I do like the way that you're you're referencing back to the Gospels, Jesus' constant encounters with demons in in various places, and they do recognize who he is. They certainly believe. They they know some of those truths. And I I like the way even here you're, you're bringing out the way James distinguishes between faith. They have a certain belief, but it's distinct from saving faith in what James is calling us to here and the expression of it by works. Now, that that brings us to that, you know, penultimate question about justification and 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 how works fits in because, you know, again, some people want to describe that works is what actually saves us. That's a distinction from us in Protestant reformed thinking. So, let's nail down a bit here on how do works actually justify us? Works show forth that the redemption that we claim to have mm-hmm. is real. Mm-hmm. And and that is the fundamental adjustment in our relationship to the law mm-hmm. that is laid out in Scripture. No longer a taskmaster, now a friend. Mm-hmm. A friend who reminds us how to live thankful lives before a holy God. And so we lay our head on our pillow. 
I lied less today than I did yesterday or last week or last month. Mm -hmm. I was less of a, a mean guy. Mm -hmm. I was delighting more in holiness. Mm -hmm. I was delighting more in worship than I did before. These are the changes that we see. Mm -hmm. Some may have seen the uh, recent floating around on Twitter of mm -hmm. John Gerstner's lecture on this. Mm -hmm. If you ever want to see R.C. Sproul before he was R.C. Sproul, just watch John Gerstner. <laughs> His lecture on the necessity of non-meritorious works, mm -hmm. that these works are not garnering us any favor mm -hmm. with God. They are simply the fruit of what God has done in our lives, and they're absolutely necessary, mm -hmm. but they are also absolutely non-meritorious as regards our redemption. Mm -hmm. And I think that's critical because that, that certainly agrees with what Paul is trying to articulate in Ephesians 2, where even in these works, we're not boasting in something that we're doing that gains us something before God, but we're, we're boasting in the, the goodness of Christ. It makes us thankful. As you mentioned, you lay your head on your pillow at night, and it makes you grateful for the work that the Lord is doing in you and the empowerment that the Spirit gives to now do things that are righteous before before the Lord. Let's see, we got a few minutes left. I want us to, to see if we can bring some of these ideas pointedly into the, into the counseling room and, and maybe give an example of the ways in which the backdrop of justification and the idea of works is really fleshed out in the counseling room as a, as a part of encouragement to one who may be you know, struggling with, with various sins or whatever and really burdened in their conscience, that sort of thing. Talk about how the backdrop of justification and works and the teaching of James 2 is very pointed and helpful to someone struggling in that way. If I could draw an analogy, if anyone's ever worked somewhere where their employment is every day up in the air, they're not sure if at the end of the day they're going to have a job or not because of whatever is going on. In that context, I have friends who have worked at a company where it was said, if the boss fires you in front of a group of people, come back the next day because he was just mad and blowing off steam. If he fires you one on one, you're done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just that that uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And it's that type of uncertainty that a lot of Christians show up in the counseling office with. It's it's dominating their life. Mm -hmm. And we can say in a sense they've they've done it to themselves mm -hmm. if that that sounds a little cold hearted but mm -hmm. that's why we're there to help mm -hmm. is to help work through that and and show them how you know a constant pursuit of sin nurturing of sin hiding of sin delighting in sin how that is is breaking down that confidence and assurance that is not necessarily guaranteed in this life. It fluctuates, that assurance does, but they're breaking down all hope of assurance of what Christ has done for them mm -hmm. and reminding them that the work of Christ is finished. It's as done as it can ever be. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely completed for them in the justification and the adoption. Mm -hmm. And then that sanctification, and this is using language from the shorter catechism, mm -hmm. but those justification and adoption are an act, mm -hmm. one time, mm -hmm. and they are irrevocable. Mm -hmm. And then 
sanctification is a work. It is over time. It is more or less. And the larger catechism lays out this great table verbally of justification in one column, sanctification in the other. What does that mean for the believer? And sanctification is not perfect in any, and it's never perfect in this life. I'll know when your sanctification is complete, Dale, because I'll really enjoy the potluck at your funeral. That's right? right. I mean, that's, that's right. that is that is that is when that is completed. Mm-hmm. And walking folks through that reality and helping them understand how their desire and their pursuit of sin mm-hmm. is toying with the confidence they can have in Christ, mm-hmm. I think is very is very good for them to see that it's very good for us to be reminded of that mm-hmm. as, as counselors, because we can easily fall into these things mm-hmm. and, you know, even think, well, because of, because I'm counseling, because I am trying to help people, then therefore God must, he must love me, right? There must be a seat at the table and be reminded, no, it's all, it's all leveled. Mm-hmm. The great apostolic levelers, they're always talking about our faith, our faith, our faith. They're never putting themselves up above the rest of the church are constantly bringing the church along in the understanding of the faith. It's the same faith that they've received. Yeah, that's good. I think, as you mentioned, I mean, sometimes the lack of assurance is the great tormentor and the teaching solidifies here that it is in our faith in the, in the person and work of Christ that accomplishes this work. And as you mentioned in sanctification, Paul clarifies and says in the same way, Colossians 2, 6, in the same way in which you receive the Lord Jesus, walk in him and then we're walking by that same faith in the same work of christ that he's accomplished for us this has been good i think it's been helpful listen i don't know about you guys but i'm looking forward to our time together october 3rd for our pre-conference this year on wise and understanding joel's going to be with us and we'll have other speakers as well talking on this on the book of james and giving us very practical biblical theologically deep wisdom that we can apply in the counseling room. Brother, thanks so much for waking up early in California and joining us today. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Now I want to remind you, it is that time again where we have a price jump for our annual conference That will happen this week on July 31st. And I want to remind you about that because of all of you who are procrastinating, you've been wanting to go with us down to Memphis October 3rd through the 5th for our In His Image annual conference. This is the week for you to to join us, to sign up for the price jump before it happens on July 31st. So would you join us? You can find out more about our conference in Memphis, Tennessee, October 3rd through the 5th. In His Image, we're going to be talking about how we have degraded human dignity in the image of God, and it's led to all sorts of implicating issues that we struggle with in our society relative to abortion and euthanasia and all sorts of things just like that. Would you join us as we think about these very important topics that are impacting our culture? So go to our website and find out more about our annual conference this year, October 3rd through the 5th at biblicalcounseling.com.